Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. It is Saturday, December 23rd, 2023. I'm Doug. Joining me today is Bob McGuire. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing great, Doug. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure. I'm glad you, uh, glad you wanted to be on. So you've had some, ex some interesting experiences, I understand. What have you, uh, you and Lala, we just did, we just did Lala last Saturday. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's had... <laughs> She's had quite a bit. And oh, what, my goodness. So mine are not as rich as hers until I started living with her. Oh, oh, wow. Now, now, it's, now it's as rich as hers because she's near me. Yeah, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Actually, we don't find it frightening so far. It hasn't been a, it hasn't been a negative experience. Not, not for me. She has had some negative experiences in the past, but I have not that I am aware of. Okay. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what's happened? Now, have you had just paranormal? Have you seen um, uh, UFOs? Let me, let me, or? Just let, let, me, let, me go, let me go over me. So, sure. Uh, I have a doctorate in applied mathematics and a degree in engineering and concentrations in physics and computer science, and I graduated from with all of that and from Brown University in 1988. Wow. Okay, so I uh, went to work for the United States government, worked for the intelligence community for 27 years, uh, and uh, when I was inside the community, you know, there's a lot of rumor stuff that's passed around when you're in that kind of community. Yeah. Some stuff is never passed around, but on occasion you can get a rumor. And yeah. so I heard rumors of UFOs. Wow. So um, I began studying them online, uh, on YouTube, reading books, etc. And I found Richard Dolan uh, yeah. from, and, uh, and read his uh, UFOs in the National Security State, Volume 1 and 2. And at the time, I was the chief scientist of the highest grossing research institute at Virginia Tech. Wow. Okay, so I heard Richard do an interview with Christopher Bledsoe. Christopher Bledsoe lives in North Carolina, has had some strange experiences since 2007, all the way to the day, and now he sees stuff daily, and he wrote a book called UFO of God, which is a UFO bestseller on Amazon, and I am next to the last incident in that book so i had i went over to visit chris after i introduced myself and he let me come over and we talked for three days while it rained and then the final night i was there it cleared up had beautiful clear skies no moon um this was in january of uh, uh 2020 uh we saw 40-foot gigantic orb fly right over the top of us, right above the trees. And I was dumbfounded. Wow. So his son, <laughs> Ryan Bledsoe, came out and had his camera with him. And then we filmed another one that went right over the top of our heads. And that video is available through Ryan Bledsoe. He has a podcast called uh, Bledsoe Said So. So anyway, wow. uh, and then... We went back inside. We saw other few things, flash bulbs, purple aura mist, really weird. And then when the purple mist disappeared, aura disappeared, uh, Chris said, okay, they're gone. We can go inside. Uh, and he was not looking up. He just knew they had gone. So we went inside. We said our goodbyes. I went home, and the hitchhiker followed me. Oh. So I had orbs craft 
Uh, this uh, ghosts, gigantic oh, white orb, bright as the sun in the middle of my living room. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So, uh, also, <laughs> I had a bunch of memories awakened of when I was young. My mother told me stories. I don't remember all of them, but I'll tell you them. When I was one year old, I had cardiac arrest three times because oh. I had uh, cerebral uh, meningitis. And the doctors told my mother I was going to die or be a vegetable. So I recovered. Awesome. And after recovery, uh, I went, we moved to where my father's uh, mother and father ran a furniture, owned a furniture factory. And my father went to work for them. So I lived in Alabama, Southwest Alabama until I was 19 years old. Okay. So um, when I was three, I woke up went into where my mother was entertaining a guest and pulled books off the shelf and demonstrated that I had miraculously overnight learned how to read. By the time wow. I was 10, I had built a telescope. I was an amateur radio operator. I had memorized the anatomy book all medical students use. And all of this was in a handful of months. And so my life began to be very technical, and it was throughout high school. And when I was 19, I had gone off to university with my girlfriend from high school. And for a Friday, I picked her up to drive her home. On the way home, we had an hour and a half of missing time. Uh -huh. So because of the memorization of Grey's Anatomy, my entire family thought I was going to become a medical doctor. <laughs> two, weeks, two weeks after the experience, I left that school and went to another. I stopped wanting to be a medical doctor. I became an engineer, physicist, and mathematician. And later on, began to do a lot of stuff in computer science. So I went, got a degree from Brown. And then after that, went to work for Sandia National Laboratories in Albuquerque. Uh, went to work for the intelligence community for 27 years and retired. And then had the experiences that brought all this back. So uh, right during the end of the year in 2020, um, I left there and moved to uh, near my home where I had gone to undergraduate school in Alabama and I bought a home, etc. And then my mother passed. Lala Bright reached out to me. She'd seen me on Dave Scott's Spaced Out Radio as Science Bob and told me that she knew I didn't know her, don't think she was crazy, but she wanted to give me a reading for my mother. She wasn't acting anything and didn't want any money. So uh, my mother passed two weeks later, and while my mother was passing, she would rally and talk to my dead relatives. I became, became very curious, so we had their funeral. I went home. I interacted with Lala. And she totally, completely, absolutely, no shadow of a doubt, completely convinced me that she was talking with my mother. Uh, if she were, if she were blonde and young I and thin, I would call her Tyler Henry. That's how wow. good. She is. That's crazy. Okay, so uh, yeah, she's just very talented. So we started working together. I began exploring where she had any other experiences, quickly learned that she had been inducted, had lots of experiences, and we got together and moved in with each other. And uh, so we now live together in Maryland. I left Alabama and moved to Maryland. And uh, then we had poltergeist experience in the house. We had an electronic voice phenomenon on a security camera, which she identified as her deceased boyfriend and father of her child. And so, and then we, I put up more cameras and we started getting orbs and craft and everything all around the house. And our life is just now all about this. Sorry for going on so long. No, it's, kind of, it's what it's about. Kind of an intricate story. That's what it's about. Listening to the, the backstory. I like it. Very interesting. So you, Skinwalker Ranch, I know. <laughs> I have talked to Lala about this. And tell me your read on Skinwalker Ranch. I, I mean, and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. <laughs> the, the, so I heard about it. I saw some YouTubes about it, but I didn't think much of it. And then the show came out on History Channel, and I didn't pay any attention to it. But the second season of that show, somebody I knew came into the picture. Oh, Travis Taylor 
Travis Taylor on to the <laughs> into the program. That's and awesome. I knew him from my government days. He and I didn't know each other well. We're not friends, yeah. but I knew who he was. Yeah. And then uh, and I had heard he had a, quite a bit to do with UAPs. I did not know the details. So I began watching. I watched the first and second season. I thought, you know, I don't know. This is interesting. But then the third season came around. And during the third season, uh, Taylor and Eric Bard, who is the uh, Fugles, Brandon Fugel's chief scientist and experimental lead, they put together a ton of experiments and they were astounding. I couldn't believe the stuff they had. And so they had some weird experiences, and I reached out to Fugel and Bard and took, sent them some papers, told them some things I could do. And recently, Brandon Fugel said that he, we, I and they could work together. Awesome. So That's great. I, I don't know that I will be on the show, but if my experiment works out, it will be of high interest to them and others, and I think I would be on the show. So right now, it's still in the planning stages, but at least I have a let's go ahead and try it. Well, I'm glad you have some inside information. I hope my previous uh, co-host, uh, I call him Dr. Bill, um, he he was not sold, but he was he's a virologist, so it wasn't like he, was, he has not the background you do. So he would argue that you know, about the experiments and things. He didn't live, he passed in January, so he wasn't around, I, I think, to see the more compelling episodes of of the show. And, you know, I previously, and I have called the show, have, I, you, have you seen Oak Island? The Curse of I Oak Island? I have not gotten interested in Oak Island. I've seen a couple of episodes, yeah. and it, it's just like, Get close and not get there. Get close and not get there. Yeah. There's so many seasons of get close and not get there. I can't get interested. Yeah, and that's I watched it for a couple seasons, and I call Skinwalker, Oak Island with UFOs because it's kind of like what it's doing. But so I still watch it. People, <laughs> all of all of the people involved that I know, like I know John Alexander, and wow, uh, so and have for a while. Uh, he and I both are friends with Chris Bledsoe, and John Alexander is in Chris, Chris Bledsoe's book. So he's a very famous UFO person, of course, and he and I know each other, and he got was gotten involved. And then the head of the UAP task force and the chief scientist of UAP task force show up in the third season. The chief scientist for the UAP task force is now on the Skinwalker team as Travis Taylor. And Jay showed up and he was the head of the UAP task force. So now it's like, whoa. Yeah. And then I understood technically and the implementation of every experiment they did in season two. And I says, oh my goodness, I can help them because I'm an expert in some things that would help. So I believe, and I believe they are getting anomalous phenomenon that lots of people are interested in and outsiders showed interest in the kind of men in black way. Yeah, no, there's, they say there could be a connection between the paranormal and UAP sightings. What are they trying to accomplish with the Mesa? You know, they drilled into it and they keep hitting this thing and then they dig, you know, they've got an excavator in there and they started to dig into the Mesa to get it. It's like, why don't you just expose this thing? Okay, so, so they took, they t had brought in a specialist. He has flies drones with very low frequency emitters on them. And using the moving very low frequency emitters, that easily penetrates the ground. And that goes down in, and they've mapped what's under. And it's large, it's deep, and I believe in season four, they are going in. And I suspect the outside interest will increase. And this is where they're thinking that there's a, possibly a portal. That's why they're firing the rockets up in there. They, they think well, they've a seen the rocket disappear over their heads. Yeah. Where did it go? Yeah. Right? So that's like it went through a portal and vanished. And the, the UFOs they keep getting, they've come out of things that look like portals, and they vanish without leaving yeah. the area. And so this has just gotten really interested and they're getting, they're doing observational science that I respect. 
they're not they don't have a theory yet which i also respect yeah because they're still gathering evidence to try to figure out what to do but it's interesting that now that they have this really good team everything they've tried has produced some results travis had a hitchhiker come to his house too right then oh followed. yeah <laughs> and 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 jay jay did too he the head of uap task force he had stuff happen to all of his family and not so positive not so positive it's a great show I mean, I'm not, I'll never quit watching it. It's just, you know, it's, it just seems to be, and maybe because it's science, it's more interesting than Oak Island. And because yeah. it's a, you know, what we do with U, UAP and, you know, maybe possibly, um, you know, e extraterrestrial presence of some kind. What do you, what is your theory on what we're seeing in the sky with these? Because you're, you're obviously well read. And well so, educated. So I've, I've read, I've read a ton. I've, I have like three thousand books. My life is yeah. huge. But anyway, so I now have hundreds of books on UFO and the paranormal. So anyway, uh, I believe it's myriad different things. So Lala and I have now seen three triangle UFOs go over us or our house. One went right over the beam of wow. our house. Okay, wow. so I think those are human. Yeah, are they made by? Are they reverse engineered? I think they're reverse engineered craft or that we engineered the craft and they're flown by humans. Then we put up these cameras and we got found a way to detect when a craft was in the sky. And it's really interesting. So it's like they want us to know we yeah. are there. So they do something. And then we look at what they do and we zoom in and it's a structured craft. And then I look at the picture of the structured craft, which, uh, and it's middle of the night, it's dark, and the thing is lit. It has a light lit side and a side that's in shadow. And so I am, I'm an orbital mechanics person. I wrote a satellite tracking program in the 1980s that sold a lot of copies. Okay, so I understand what I'm seeing. The thing is so high up that it's in orbit and it's illuminated by the sun, even though it's dark down here because yeah. it's high enough, the shadow of the earth doesn't eclipse it. So it's being illuminated by the sun and the dark side is not illuminated because it's away from the sun. And this thing we got is huge. Yeah. It's really, it's like mothership. Wow. Huge. Okay, so I, I took that picture and the video and I went to a MUFON Virginia meeting and the deputy director of Space Force was there. And he insisted on sitting with me and a MUFON lady who's a friend of mine. So the three of us sat for, together for lunch and I showed him the picture and the look on his face was priceless. He gave all of me his contact information and begged me to send all that stuff to him. Now, let me say something for your audience. Lala and I have a lot of evidence and we have made it's not it's not world changing evidence but it's evidence and we've made it all public on facebook in a public album so if you go to lala bright on facebook inside there's pictures from our cameras and that's hundreds of pieces of evidence of all sorts of weird stuff that's amazing is it we just made it all public do you think it's certain people or, well, you say these are man-made, maybe not. I think but these, these other things, I don't believe they're man-made. We have, we've now had two dozen passes by our house of things which we see. They look very, each of them is very similar. And Lala's done her thing and thinks that these are living non-human craft. They're non-human, built by non-humans, and the craft is living. The craft itself? The craft itself is a lot, and they are absolutely, clearly doing surveillance on us. So there, there's not a being inside of it. It is the being? I don't know the answer to that. But well, the, we craft think, itself is yeah. a, the craft itself has consciousness. That's amazing. Do you, is it that you guys have gone through certain things in your life that you're a conduit for these sites? Because not all of us. See, I haven't seen, honestly, I haven't seen anything. I'm a believer, but I haven't personally seen anything. I'm a member of MUFON as well. 
Um, given my given my childhood experiences, all that stuff happening to me between birth and ten years old, I can't see any logical way to interpret that any other way than I've been chosen for something. I don't know what it is, but I've been chosen for something. Lala has had nonstop experiences of all types spiritual ghost paranormal abduction experiences ufo sightings etc since she was an infant and so the first major breakout for her was when she went to the graveyard of her neighbor and the graveyard i've been to the graveyard there's 10,000 graves in that place and her parents didn't know where the grave was and she heard the deceased person calling her and led them to the grave she could not read and they looked and saw it was their neighbor. I mean, wow. since then, she's had nonstop stuff her whole life. For you, in the you had an illness when you were a child, the meningitis. Yep. You know, they talk about something that's in, in all of our brains, but it's not active. It's a gland or something. Have you heard that? Maybe yes. that's something that got activated, you know. And, and be, so, when, so if you have a near-death experience, uh, uh, your body releases DMT from your pineal gland. And people, the third eye, the third eye chakra is the pineal gland. And that apparently changes when you have these near-death experiences. So you possibly could be a conduit to it due to that yep, of experience. Some type. So, so just my, my adult life, all the time, I would get these inspirations, technical inspirations, they were not necessarily in my field, and I certainly wasn't an expert. But what I got downloaded, which is what I call them now, was used to found Federated Wireless Incorporated and Hawkeye 360 Incorporated. So the downloads I got, I used to found two companies, and people can go read my patents. Good. That is awesome. So something is, something is telling me stuff, and I just don't know the purpose. And then there's the million dollar question. Why isn't the government giving us any information? Why aren't they disclosing that? I mean, I know you can't give me anything inside, but personally. I will tell you, so I'm, I've regularly tried to keep people informed of how government works and what it is I see they're doing with these bills and all this other stuff. So uh, I try to be an insider that can legally provide information that helps people understand the things we're seeing them do. Okay, so I do that a lot. All right, so it is my opinion that in the middle of the 20th century, before and after World War II, we found a bunch of stuff. Some stuff crashed and we found some stuff. We found we were handed a craft that had crashed in Italy in 1933 at the end of World War II. We had the Roswell thing, which I've read Tom Carey and uh, what's his name's book. And I've looked at all the evidence. I looked at all the references. And far as I'm concerned, they have proved beyond a reasonable doubt that a, that a craft crashed. Uh, and then we continue to see this stuff. Now that I've seen stuff, I can believe the veracity of the stuff that's been reported on in the past because I've witnessed some stuff. Okay, so I believe that the government behaved extremely badly trying to keep what they were discovering and collecting away from the Soviet Union. And so they behaved very badly. And then we had all sorts of stuff come out about the CIA and others, and they changed these laws so that people could sue the government for information, and they figured out a way to hide all this by denying Congress their ability to have oversight. So what I'm telling you about and what is being reported in all this literature and other things is the government has, whoever's operating on their behalf, have committed crimes to keep this covered up, and now they don't want to get caught having committed these crimes. So they've killed people, we think. Well, that's exactly what Grush says. And furthermore, yeah. I understand, because I have lived with the Federal Acquisition Act regulations, and they have been violating FAR, their acquisition regulations, for decades. So those are crimes. Those are federal felonious crimes. Yep. It's, uh, and it's, it's, it's inching its way. Do you feel we're inching our way closer, uh, closer to disclosure? I mean, yes. 
You think I we're going to get it? I mean, I think 2024 we will get it because there's no way they can contain it. If too much has come out, too many people are talking. David Grush was huge. And uh, who in the world would have thought, given our political situation these days, that the Senate majority leader would work with two conservative Republicans yeah. and two liberal Democrats to craft a bill to, to have a UA, UFO disclosure. And inside this bill, including the version that passed, the, the, the phrase non-human intelligence is in there two dozen times. So, uh, and now that's law. And Biden's going to sign the National Defense Authorization Act, which he does every year right after they pass. So it's a, the Christmas present is that law now demands all who've hidden stuff tell the government. And the, the government now has in its laws and on its record that non-human craft are to be investigated. What do you think about Mike Turner? He's bought and paid for by Lockheed Martin, and he is protecting Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which by far is directly and indirectly the largest employer in his district. So we're paying our taxes, and it's there's billions of unaccounted for dollars. Trillions. And, and trillions. And then it's the oversight committee can't oversee anything because they don't have the security clearance to see where it's going. Is that kind of what's going on there? And the very, and, and if you believe the rumors, which we now need some proof, right. there are presidents that haven't been told. Like, I don't believe Clinton was ever told cause they didn't like him. And yeah. other presidents have been told, but they've been sworn to secrecy. And so lots of people, who are required by law to be informed have not been informed. And the, the brush off they get is brutal. Yeah. Clinton wanted to know, but George W. Bush came in and told him it's not for you. And, uh, you know, he, of course he's had a CIA. So he's, I believe he knows all about what's going on. Well, Herbert Walker was definitely the head of the CIA and he knows. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, I've got a guy I work with. It's all CIA. And what do you think about there's a government above our government that's the strings are being pulled by wealthy people? I mean, is it possible? Or who's running this thing? Well, so it depends on whether or not it's national and contained in the U.S. or whether there's an international cabal that's keeping all this secret. And I don't know the answer. You can read stuff about yeah. both cases, but I don't have enough of enough evidence to say which it is. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, there something else is happening above our we the people government. <laughs> I don't know what well, it is. When people don't report to Congress, they they put themselves in the position of being a dark government. Yeah. Out of control of the executive. What do you think about Dr. Greer? Uh, in his early days, he did a lot of good. He, yeah. he invented the CE5 protocol. He showed people that crop circles had something really, truly weird about them. And he showed people how to do this human initiated contact through meditation and through, through a procedure. But recently, since the press conference at the National Press Club, yeah. In Washington, D.C. I don't think it's gone the way he expected it to. He's not become this big, huge disclosure person that he thought he would be. And I think I think I think he's had some kind of some kind of problem because I just don't believe a lot of things he says. He's kind of a charlatan in a way. You know, I think one of the things he videoed I don't believe they were real. Do you believe in the CE5? Is I do because because Lala and I have done it. And it, so, did you buy his program or did you new? No, it no, out? I I did not. Uh, the app they give away uh, gave away for a long time. It just once you have it and look at what it does, you don't need it. Okay. And now there are plenty of YouTube videos 
of other people teaching people how to do his protocol for free. So that's all, all I, that's all I need to do. I don't need to buy it. <laughs> just go. That's awesome. What do you think about Bob Lazar? What do you think about his stories? Story, I should say. When, when uh, he first came out and for a couple of decades, especially after Stanton Freeman went and investigated his background and could find no evidence, I was doubting him. But now... I'm beginning to be more toward, I'm ready to believe some of the stuff that he said. I don't know whether he's told all the truth. I know that he's gone to court and been convicted of a crime. And uh, I don't know the, the truth about that. I know he was convicted in a court of law. And, uh, but he has never, ever once changed his story. Well, he could just be one of those guys that can do that without, you know, when you lie, and uh, I don't want to say he's a liar, but if you, people that lie a lot, that's what they do. They can do, they can do that. I'm not it's a hard, big, yeah. I want to give you one thing that's hard to explain, Doug. There is a thing that's extremely hard to explain. While he was still working at S4 and Area 51, he brought a lot of people who lived in Las Vegas up to Rachel, Nevada, and they went to a place he knew and they hid. And every time he would take them up there, the craft would fly. And he claimed it was the people inside experimented on the reverse engineered or captured craft. You have to have been inside to know the exact schedule because it's highly classified. So I bet he was inside, I believe. All the other stuff, I want to see more evidence. Yeah, I mean, he had John Lear in there with him, and I don't know if he had various random people when he, they go up in a yeah, camper and drink. And dozens at times. Drink beer and watch these things. I know yeah. I, I'm familiar with that story, but, I mean, there's a lot of other things that were told that he didn't get a high enough security clean. He was in, he was in, he had the EG&G, you know, um, pay stub, but he was, wasn't in as long as he said he was. He wasn't as high up on the food chain well, in the research facility, as he said he was. When Jim Goodall had to pay stuff and went to the Pentagon and talked to the intelligence lead for the Navy, because that's who EGNG works for, John, Jim Goodall got his rear chewed out by an admiral. Yeah. And man, oh man, I was like, whoa, that was overplaying their hand. Yeah. The right the way to handle that is just play ignorant. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, they're, well, by doing what they did lately, striking down that amendment, they're as much as saying that they have something, and, it, you know, so like you said, I think 24 is going to be the, 24 is going to be the the year, yeah. you know, that, that things come out. I do, too. So, I don't know how much, but something's happening. So you have, you have all these, what other kind of ex, uh, sightings or experiences have you guys had? Well, so we have we we are now getting the occasional apport in the house, and I'll, here's here's how it here's how it arrives. I don't I don't keep much money on me. I use credit cards yeah. for almost everything. So now we're finding dimes head up in our bed, on the floor, on the table, and neither of us put them there. Yeah. So that's a classical apport. You can read about those things in Grant Cameron's books. And so uh, I just find it weird. And we have things that go missing. And some of them are really weird. Yeah, like yeah. Lala lost her, lost her billfold with all of her credit cards, driver's license and everything. And she couldn't find them for three days. And then I went to look in the garage and it was in the bottom of the recycling can. Oh, wow. And so I just said, let me go out there and look. And it was in the bottom of her side, and neither one of us put it there. Yeah. So I just don't know, Doug. So so she regularly finds things that we have moved yeah. by using her dowsing rods. And she inevitably finds them except for that thing. Yeah, so they, it was gone off the property for three or four days. And uh, we found it in the bottom of our recycling barrel. Yeah, the dime head up thing is uh, my wife, her last husband passed, and she 
we get that every once in a while here. Yeah, you know, dimes head yeah, up. Yeah, really like, that is a weird one. <laughs> What's going on with that? I don't know, but I've never, you know. We hear noises. We hear thumps. We hear knocks. Things move. We have, So we're living on Native American land. Oh, really? The Susquehanna Native Americans had this land before we came in and took it. That's amazing. So you... You can't discuss anything you did with the Defense Department? Was it anything you could oh, talk about? Oh, I did about? all sorts of stuff. So, so uh, uh, I, when I, was, I went out on a submarine and I heard a USO, I went out on a ship. We went through a major storm, and I saw something blocking the rain while I was on the ship. I looked outside a glow that took off, and it was bigger than the ship. Wow. So, That's I mean, those kinds of experiences last forever in your mind. That's crazy. Yeah. Did you did you see Terror in the Sky? That thing that uh, was like Catalina Island down in the yep. Long Beach? Yeah. Yep. And I know Carol and Corey, so yes. I know a lot of those guys. I know Kevin. Uh, I, I, know, I know Dave Mason. I know a lot of them. So, uh, the, and some of the stuff, and I, I know the two scientists, Matthew and Kevin. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know what to make of all of it. Yeah, it looks- but something is going on out there. Yeah, there is. I was. I went to Catalina Island. I was zip lining up there, and they talked the guys that control you while you're going down the zip line. And I was talking to them, and you could see the ocean. I said, "Do you guys ever see any UFOs or anything?" My wife hates it that I ask everybody this, by the way. <laughs> but, but I want to know. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, "Yeah, all the time. They just come in. They were just like, yeah, we see them. They come in. They get. In, they're in the water, <laughs> and they come out." You know, there's supposedly a you know a base or something. There's a lot of weirdness. You know, there's a there's actually a naval base at um, I think it's Wright's Lake in Nevada, and it's a naval base. Have you heard of that? Yes. And it's allegedly. I don't think this. I don't think this can be true. But you know, there's a rumor that there's an actual underground canal that goes underneath the and goes all the way to the ocean that they could travel back and forth to. Wright's Lake's only like. 30 feet deep, though. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that could happen. But John but, Lear believed that. Yeah. He believed it. Um, so you familiar with the story, Archuleta Mesa, Dulce, New Mexico? Yes. You looked into and I'm the, familiar with the guy that went down, got a thing, his finger blown off, and later wound up murdered. Yeah. He, <laughs> they said he committed suicide, but he, I guess it was some, he couldn't have by the way it was. Oh. But I mean, he was drilling down. You're familiar with, you may be more familiar with the story than I am, but they were just drilling. You can sat, you can do Google Earth and look at the top of the Mesa. But um, I was talking to uh, Anthony Sanchez. He's an author. And um, down, he's over here by uh, on the, this coast. And uh, he says that the Mesa wasn't where the tunnels were. They were on Archuleta Mountain. And I don't know if you were aware of that, but you can look at the Mesa and you can see the storage containers that he was talking, that he talks about and that they were like F-14. You know, you look at the code on the um, storage containers, you could tell what was in them. And uh, it was like F-15 engines. They weren't F-15 engines in them, but they were at one time used for those. So they were military. Um, But, you know, and allegedly that was, you know, they were, you know, there was the exhaust vents and things. And that one of the guys who was actually touching the container, he got really sick. He didn't die, but he got really sick later on. And, so uh, you know, I'm friends with a well-known experiencer, Melinda Leslie. And uh, she and her cohort out in Sedona, Arizona, are seeing what evidence for a deep underground military base where they're seeing... Uh, helicopters, other military airplanes flying with flying saucers coming in and out of the ground where there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. In that, okay. so, in that area? They have, they have video. They have video of all of it. And they have gone, they've, they've gone out with people or know of people who have gone out with drones to try to fly the drone all the way over that spot and the drone turns around and informs the operator that this is excluded by their firmware because it's a controlled zone. That's number one. And beyond Skinwalker Ranch, 
the Bradshaw Ranch go is next to this mountain, and on the other side of the mountain, there's a place that has a cement factory, and next to the cement factory is this area where things are happening. So Melinda did research and found out that the current owners of the cement factory is, wait for it, Lockheed Martin. No, no way. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, so she's just about to blow this story wide. Now, is that at Archuleta or is that wherever she No, is? no, no. That's in Sedona, Arizona. Really? And near, near Bradshaw Ranch. I've been with her to Bradshaw Ranch. That place is weird. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another And Skinwalker Ranch went out there and found evidence of an underground tunnel and other stuff. And the tunnel went straight line to where you're not allowed to do your or your your uh, 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 little little craft. You can't fly the little drone. Straight line to the cement plant. So they believe it's a 50-foot wide tunnel going from Bradshaw Ranch all the way to that cement plant. And the cement plant had armed guards around it for many years. Wow. That's amazing. You familiar with Dugway? Anything about yes. Dugway? Dugway has apparently an extremely large, deep underground military base. Yeah, it's supposed to be like 1,300 square miles or something, and it's got several levels. And, you know, I mean... I'd love it, to see evidence, but, uh, but I've yeah. heard the story. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to see evidence as well. So, any other things in your uh, your with your uh, defense department career? Nothing that I could tell. I was I operated at a very high level and did really really secret stuff, and I'm not allowed to talk about any of it. Understood. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a compelling story, and then we we have to talk about um, Captain Kirk and the Green Woman. Hey, that's in Star Trek, the new Star Trek, when she was green. Yeah. <laughs> we had a little discussion on Facebook. Do you read, Do you watch science fiction? Oh, Lord, yes. I, was, <laughs> I watched the original Star Trek when it was came out. I watched Lost in Space when it came out. Yeah, I've always been a space nut. And I noticed you have an Artemis hat on. I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm oh, a big yeah, I'm glad. So well, Hawkeye 360 uh, is the company I founded. And this is a space company. We have many satellites in orbit. And it is the first commercial, so tell you my connection. Yeah. It's the first commercial company where the National Reconnaissance Office has contracted to use the spacecraft as part of the National Satellite, Spy Satellite Constellation. So it's kind of a, this is a, this is a huge deal. These small satellites in SpaceX are going yeah. to change everything. Well, that's going to... Everything. Space, Elon Musk and SpaceX, they are just tearing technology up and yeah. things that I'm interested in. So all my first several spacecraft from Hawkeye, the Pathfinders, we call them, SpaceX took them up for us. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the moon. So the moon, did we really go? Oh, yeah, yeah, we went up. God, and I know this because at the time of the landing... The first one or the second one, I think it was the first one, I was an amateur radio operator already, and I went to Mobile, Alabama, which was an hour or so from my home, to the home of an amateur radio operator that had an extremely large parabolic dish. He pointed at the moon, and we could hear the signals. That's good, because there's always that theory that we didn't go, you know, and now we got Artemis going. And we're, NASA is so slow, and you probably have some insight on this. NASA, you know, Elon Musk is like light years ahead of NASA. And, and they're holding him back. Yeah, and he, they're Some using... The bureaucracy is holding him back. They're using space shuttle technology still, like recycling things, like they're getting it out of the... I believe they're using these space shuttle engines. Yeah, and it's, well, Aerojet's building, they're the same engine. They are redoing some of them, yeah. But Aerojet's building them down there in Florida. and they're At, uh, at, a, at a ridiculous price. Yeah. yeah they're you, very expensive. Well, you know, it's that $5,000 hammer thing. You know, it's... <laughs> According to Grush, the $50,000 hammers and those kinds of things are how the, the corporations 
are getting the money to do what's internal called internal research and development, which is commonly called IRAD. And that's yeah. how they're funding a lot of the work on the UFOs. Yeah, it's it's amazing that this this thing isn't got blown up. But it, people just don't want to come out. A lot of it's money. I mean, if you're getting paid millions of dollars, I mean, you're not really going to necessarily come out with what you know. Well, you don't want to ruin your the, paycheck. A lot of the engineers and scientists and technicians and security, those people are not paid a lot. But what they signed to go yeah. to work for them, they can yeah. end your life. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Do you think there's uh, NHI on uh, non-human intelligences on the moon? Do you think they're yes. already there? Maybe the far yes. side? or Yes. I, I believe that remote viewers, including Lala, have uh, seen seen them. And they're... Because I, th I heard... Well, I didn't hear. You know, you hear all the stories when you do this. That one of the last missions we went to the Mars, that we were told to get out and not come back. Did you hear I don't know about that. I just know that uh, people I know have seen things in and around the moon flying through their really nice telescopes. Yeah. And that, uh, the multiple of the Apollo missions saw UFOs flying near them. And uh, the, according to many rumors, everybody's heard them. Buzz and Neil saw a craft in the, just over the hill next to them, observing them. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, there's so many stories out there about, you so, know. I mean, one more thing. Hal yeah. Hovenmeyer is a NASA, was a NASA scientist. He passed away in, around Thanksgiving in 2019 from a fall. And he told Chris Bledsoe that he has seen the non-airbrush photos of structures on the moon. Do you think NASA's, you know, they came up, now they're doing research on... UAP, but it's the same kind of research Blue Book does. It's to yeah. keep not to obfuscate. It sounds like another way for them to get more money. Well, they definitely <laughs> want more money. They have said we we cannot make a pronouncement on what any of this thing is until we have controlled, captured data, so that we and that means money to to build the sensors. Do you not think that they already have pictures of UAP and things? I ha I have, with my own two eyes, watched video coming down from the space station while the SpaceX Dragon capsule, resupply capsule, docked with the space station, and right behind it is a clear-cut, completely resolved triangle spacecraft. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, see, people can go find it. Can those triangle craft like you saw that are that you believe are man man guided? Um, how do you solve the inertia problem? You know, so you don't get slammed against a bulkhead when you go fifteen thousand so, miles so, an hour or whatever. Uh, John Archibald Wheeler, who was cleared to operate on the Manhattan Project, revitalized uh, gravity research in the right after world war ii in the 1950s and his students won nobel prizes in gravity research kip thorne did ligo and so forth so so and wheeler had these conferences in north carolina where a lot of people went including t townsend brown and others and and uh uh lou Whit lewis Witten who is Ed Witten's father, both of them famous physicists. They did gravity research, and it just kind of all went dark. So Eric Weinstein has done a ton of parented as an acquaintance research and found out nothing's being published on any of this, but a lot of the kinds of things you would see to actually make progress on these craft and how all of it works are gone to uh, around Brookhaven National Labs in Long Island. Wow. So you're going fast. I mean, you're you're a scientist. How are you? Because it's secret, you probably don't know how. But how do they keep from getting liquefied when they go these terrific speeds? So uh, I am a scientist, and I understand how the warp bubble works. 
So, uh, and I'm, I now, I've read the Alcubierre war bubble paper. I understand how it works. And I'm now interacting with Jack Sarfati, who has another implementation, how the war bubble works. And the way it works is it carves off inside of a warp field a piece of space-time. And inside that little piece of space-time, you, you experience no acceleration at all. But you contract space behind you and expand space in front of you, and that propels you forward. And space can be moved faster than the speed of light. And it can do weird things, including right angle turns, distort the shape of the craft, accelerate photons until they're ra ugly radiation. It can do a lot of the things that we see around these crafts. Do we know how to do that engineering? Do we understand all of the physics? I don't believe so, but I think I think the war I think I understand how the warp bubble would work. So it's actually being pulled, not Pushed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like sir, the way the space-time works, it's like riding a surfboard on a wave. If you that's think of that in your mind, that's how it works. That's amazing. And the, 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 the person on the, space, on the, on the, on the uh, a surfboard feels like they're gliding with that massive wave of water is hauling them along. And it's the same thing with a craft that's inside one of these warp bubbles. You would not feel the accelerations. Back to Lazar, Element 115. I mean, did he, does that have something to do with, in your opinion, um, that are involved in our reverse technology? Okay, so that, I'm going to let Element 115 stand for something. A large part of what will go on before we build those kind of craft are materials engineering, materials science and materials engineering. There have to be materials that we don't even know how to analyze or make that, are, that constitute these crafts that can do these warp bubbles. And the rumors are that we don't know how to make the material these things are constructed of. Yeah, it's there's... Some people think it could only be made even in the vacuum of space. It can't even be made that, here on there Earth. There is that, and there. So, so all of the things that are around us in our solar system, they have a mixture of atoms, and the atoms have certain structures in their nucleus. They have so many neutrons and so many protons, and different ratios of those that are slightly different. They're called isotopes. Go to a completely different star whole different part of our galaxy and the amount of the different isotopes will be completely different than what we find here. And so some of these craft have been analyzed and it looks like the isotope ratios cannot come from the solar neighborhood. That makes sense. I mean, I think we should, you know, as far as, I mean, this is probably off track, but, you know, me, I, meteorites and asteroids and things have different elements. I mean, we should be mining them, you know, capturing them. And you know, I don't know if you're watching For All Mankind. It's kind of, it's an yep. interesting show. Well, I believe Elon Musk is going to make that financially possible because he's going to be able to take stuff to orbit much more cheaply than anyone has ever done before. He he's did, already bankrupting the other rocket companies. Yeah, he... And, Jeff Bezos, Mr. Basil, um, he's getting the Moonlander. He got the Moonlander contract, I think. And I think the thing, look, it's more traditional, and NASA's hedging its bet. Yeah, they I, believe in Elon Musk because they see what he's doing, but they have to hedge their bet because they want to go to the moon. Elon, would you say he's he's autistic? I don't know if he's self-admitted as autism. He is, he is self-admitted, and... Some of his behaviors show us that he has a hard time processing social cues. And so he says, blurts out a lot of stuff that I think uh, if he were not, if he were not uh, on the autism spectrum, he might not do. But yeah. he is a very smart man. Well, it's when I talk to other people, they say that scientists are. Certainly not you, Bob. <laughs> Mildly autistic because they're so hyper-focused. 
And, well, Lala uh, says I, Lala says I am. Yeah, I do hyper focus. Yeah, and it's um, I've known some before, and it's they you can't even sometimes when they're focused on something you can't even talk to them because they're just that hey, happens. That happens. You know, all the time to people around me. I hyper focus, and they can't get through. But it's. Do you, are you aware that there's more and more autistic people being born all the time? I mean, a higher percentage. Have you heard anything about that? I've heard it, and I, I'm a little worried that we don't know whether it's a measurement problem or there's actually a trend. So I just think, that, and we don't know the answer, and it could be both. There could be a trend, and it could be we aren't measuring uh, how many are well enough, like... Uh, I had no idea until I was an adult. Yeah. At all. It's, I mean, I've heard rumors that it's really getting to be a big, a big thing. I mean, 2025, they said it's possible that, and I don't know about this, but I heard that one out of two are going to be some sort of autist, some measure of autism being born. Well, something, if, if you hear the rumors and, and read the writings and look at the videos and listen to the talks of the woo-woo crowd, yeah. we're heading towards something that sounds like it could be involved. I mean, I've heard that, this is, I shouldn't even say this on a recording, but it could be the next level of evo human evolution. Could be. I, I actually believe the next level of human evolution will mostly involve us arresting our biological evolution and we will implant our brains with interfaces to our computers and the evolution will be together. Yeah. So we will become cybernetic organisms. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I would love to be able to have all the information in the world instantaneously in my brain. Well, then you essentially wouldn't die. I mean, you could transfer all your essence into. So that really, I'm right? having trouble with. And yeah. the reason I, so I'm, you know, I'm a mathematician and a computer scientist and so forth. And I believe, I've seen cogent arguments that I can follow that make me believe a machine will never be conscious. I hope not. Because the new AI, I know you're. I'm all into that. I'm using it. It's, I mean, there's. There was a in my last MUFON meeting. There was a discussion about how two computers were talking to each other. I don't know if you. It's a different kind of AI, AIG or AI something. General and, AGI, artificial yeah. general intelligence. That means the intelligence can do work and think about anything. So I believe that multiple computers are able to talk, and I think they can, if they have goal-seeking programs and goal-seeking optimizations, they can decide they're going to talk to each other. Well, these things talk to each other, and then all of a sudden they start, they develop their own language. And it's so you're let me explain to you that there is a very, very famous science fiction movie calling Colossus the Forbin Project. Yep. Which yes, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen the, one, the one thing they got wrong. One thing they got wrong in that movie is it was going to be as big as a building. There's yeah. supercomputers that do artificial intelligence. I have one under my desk. Yeah, I've got one on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's um, but it, you know the supercomputer thing. I mean, it, it, isn't that dangerous? I mean, they had to. Unplug, I heard they had. They were talking to each other. They started talking in their own language that we didn't understand. They developed their own language, and then. They pay, it was Google, I think it was, might have been whoever was running Google. It was the guy that just got, he was a CEO or something. He just got fired. Yeah. And then. Sam Altman. And yeah. And then didn't they. That was open AI. And then the board hired him. The board got, the board fired him. And then somebody else bought whatever this, it wasn't Google, it was probably another company. And Microsoft. Then, and then they now want, I mean, now they're working on this thing. And isn't it dangerous? Don't you think? I mean, it could be dangerous. So we don't want to do dumb things like have an artificial intelligence control our nuclear weapons. Who wants yeah. Sky? Who wants Sky Skynet? Web? Skynet. Skynet? <laughs> okay, so yeah. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> we should not do dumb things. 
But we do. Require a human <laughs> being to push the button. But we do dumb things, Bob. That's the problem. We do a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the next next generation of fighters and fighter bombers are going to be accompanied yeah. by autonomous vehicles that are run by artificial intelligence. Yeah, you saw that movie Stealth. That's yeah. where. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Those are. It's 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 already being built. Yeah, that's now. Yeah, that's now. It's being done. All right, sir. We're going to wrap it up. We're right up on an hour. So, um, it was fun. I enjoyed our conversation. This is great. Thank, thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to Alien Probe Podcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook. Check out um, Instagram and at alienprobe.net. Twitter at Alien Probe Pod. You like and subscribe at YouTube. Um, thank you, Bob. This was great. I appreciate it. I, oh, it was it's awesome. And watch. Thank this. you for your interview and Lala. She really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was great. Watch the skies, Bob. <laughs>